0: Five years after Calamity ravaged the realm, two novice adventurers start along their paths. Unbeknownst to them, from these humble beginnings, the grandest of tales shall be spun. I'm Nero. And I'm Jane. And you are listening to Radio Free Heidelberg. everyone to the first proper episode of radio free highland no more preludes no more lectures we're here for real
1: we're here for real welcome to eorzea and uh we're both pretty excited to get into this actually uh i was i was honestly surprised by um the 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 sort of intro to the game it's been a while it's been a while since we've done this content
0: it's been a very long time. I, I have not ever gone back to do new game plus or anything, so it has been about a year and a half since I first watched these cutscenes. I think that's about right. Yeah. Time doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, so. time
1: time time isn't real. Uh it's it's been a grip. It's been a grip. Obviously, uh, you know, a year and a half or so isn't like isn't exactly the longest amount of playtime. Uh, considering the game is about a decade old at this point. But, uh, you know, I the, the, sp- the sprouts are off for the two of us, I would say, at least on our mains.
0: Yeah. So, I say we just go ahead and get right in here. We covered the first nine levels of the Realm Reborn MSQ. And now, for most expansions, that is a fairly... Stringent and succinct description of content for AR. It's a little bit wonky. Um, you know, it's it's a fifty level expansion, as we've talked about, where they had to stretch things out, and so there are a lot of odd gaps and number jumps in ARR. But uh, we kind of sanctioned. We kind of like sectioned off this first little arc of the game as our as our starting point here
1: yeah exactly something that um that you'll find in ARR is that sort of due to the nature of how the content is sort of stretched uh just due to the constraints of how it was made of course we talked about that last time but uh but something you'll notice is um You'll you'll hit like uh, like level walls, right? And this is like the only part of the game where I find that happens, um, where you'll be like you'll you'll be doing the MSQ, and you'll you'll hit the next part of it, and it'll be like, well, you know, go kill some guys and then come back when you're level five or something. Um, and that basically only happens in ARR, um, which I, I think is I think is interesting, um, and it makes sense, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, grinding is a, like, you know, it's a JRPG thing, and this game is sort of the marriage of an MMORPG with, like, a JRPG story, especially as we get into later expansions. But, like, that's not fun, which is also one of the things uh, pre-Meteor 14 ran into, where... You'd you, there'd be long gaps between story content because you'd have to like reach the level caps, and back then it had the other hurdle of the story not being particularly interesting either. So that's true. But
1: um, go ahead. Um, the the thing is though, I'll uh, what I will say that's that I find interesting is that unlike um. Some other MMOs I've touched, and obviously I'm not exactly a storied veteran of the genre, but um, but I, I've you know played a little bit of WoW, touched EverQuest one time, uh, got a cold, uh, did did not agree with me, but um, I uh, I the thing about the grinding in ARR specifically I find is it's it's really not. As bad uh, as it could be, because what they ended up doing, and I don't know if these are later editions or not, which is which is interesting. But you have things like uh, the hunting log, right? Um, And the hunting log uh, really speeds it up. So if you're just like going through the world to do your MSQ quest, you're just going to walk past guys that are just coincidentally on your hunting log, and that gives you like in the early game that gives you like two three levels uh every time you like complete things and it's it's like really good experience and then you also have like um your job quests right so you you're doing that as well on the side and like you're incentivized to do it because it gives you more job actions and things like that so they 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 sort of cleverly spread out the content in such a way is that yeah they, they had to really stretch it but um the the level caps like the level gating on the msq really doesn't feel that bad most of the time i don't think
0: no and it's never really an issue even in a it's just an, an an oddity like a carryover from uh from pre-meteor days really exactly so... and
1: whatever your main is is probably not going to be very difficult to keep on level really the 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 thing you run into is if you're, like, trying to level other jobs, that's usually where, like, the grinding part sets in. But, you know.
0: Let's go ahead and get into the beginning here. So, as soon as you start your your, your character's story, you get a cutscene. Um, this, 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 this first little vision you have is the same for everyone. Where it is your character floating in this weird sparkly void... And while well, well, a voice, you know, says, hear, think, and feel. Um, then a black-robed, red-masked, sorcerer, evil-looking guy appears. Yeah, well, and...
1: well there's a big golden moat of light that you're walking towards. And this this big, robed sorcerer sort of stands in your path. He's
0: barring your way. And so your character dons the level fifty artifact gear of whatever job you selected to start with, and you know uh, they your character and this weird evil wizard clash, and that's when you wake up from your dream, because in many ways this game starts exactly like Skyrim.
1: It literally it is basically the start of Skyrim. Though I will I will point out one other thing about that little intro cutscene is that the golden mode of light you were walking towards. Uh, flies over and sort of goes inside of you. It just merges with you, and that's what gives you your your level 50 job gear and lets you sort of Super Saiyan power up and fight this uh, mysterious black-robed
0: figure. So depending on which steady state you selected uh, at the beginning, um, you will have a slightly different opening cutscene. M- mostly the difference is the mode of transportation, um, I believe you start in Alda, it is a Chocobo carriage. If you start in uh, Gridania, is it also a carriage or is that an airship?
1: Uh, No, it is also a carriage in Gridania.
0: Okay, and then if, if you start in Lemsilamenta, you are on a boat. Um, And all three of these scenes basically play out the same. You are greeted by a, a friendly old man um, who, who wakes you up and strikes up a conversation. Nearby are a pair of sort of surly and silent looking uh, elf teens that are not important at all. Um, and this guy sort of introduces, he, he talks a little bit about wherever you're going and does some some character setting or some like stage setting. Your mode of transportation is somehow attacked or inconvenienced briefly, and then you get to your, your destination. That, that is how all of them pretty much go. Um, is he, is this old man called Brennan Brennan in every cutscene?
1: Uh, I believe so. I, I, I remember, uh, in Gridania, I believe he was also named Brennan. I think that is just this guy's name. He is just, like, coincidentally, wherever you are. Very similar to these, uh, these two white-haired, uh, children who are just sort of snoozing along in the carriage with you.
0: And, this kind of brings us to another odd thing about Realm Reborn. Um, this cutscene isn't voiced. And that's because of the, the Rush production did not allow them to voice a whole lot of cutscenes. This is not normal for this game. This game has a lot of voiced cutscenes. And most story-relevant cutscenes are voiced, or at least partially voiced. So this is kind of an oddity. Regardless... You, after, after whatever, uh, thing inconveniences you, you in, in, in Limsa, your boat is attacked, uh, by some pirates Uh, wielding, uh, you know, flying limits and colors Which is noted as an oddity Um, what happens to your carriage on the way to Uldah? Uh,
1: well, it's very funny So, you're just, you're just sort of riding along And then the brass blades show up on Chochabo back And, uh they try to plant weed on him. On Brennan, they try to plant weed on Brennan and tell him he's going to prison unless he pays them a
0: fine. Wow! Um, no, I started. I started an old uh, on my main character. I forgot that bar- part about it entirely. Yeah, I only remember the amalgia.
1: Specifically, it, it is a bag of illicit herbs a weed it's weed um and then the Amal just show up and uh the blades get fucking bodied immediately
0: yeah and then after all that is done with you actually do get a little bit of voice narration um and it this this voice who is the kind of narrator every expansion has a a narrator that talks about whatever area you're entering yeah. um
1: I'd actually forgotten and f- that ARR has one. It's it's been a
0: while, and it, it it is indeed Louis Sois. That is, he is the narrator for Realm Reborn. Um, not that you anyone would know that because you would have to have played one to ever heard have heard his voice. But it's him, and he basically uh, just sort of kind of tells the he he tells you what this city is all about and kind of uh, sets the stage for your journey. Uh, some things of note, his little description of Limsa, I didn't write it down word for word, but it, it really emphasizes the, like, it, it talks a lot about their sort of patron deity, the Navigator, and also that, like, Limsa is a city that looks very pretty and cosmopolitan on the surface, but underneath it is is like some, some truly dark stuff. Um talks a little about the Admiral Merlwib, the, the leader of the city-state and its Thalesocracy, and then you just kind of get uh, sent right on to the Adventurer's Guild. What does he have to say about Uldah? Uh,
1: well, Uldah is the, uh, the Rose of Thanalan. It's this, like, uh... It, they talk about the traitors, right? They talk about uh, talk about Nalthall and uh, and their sort of that's their sort of patron deity. These uh, these two brothers who are like the uh, the uh, the patron deity of I think it's I believe it's the dead and the living. Yeah, the dead and the living. So it's it's just sort of the the. The living realm guy and the and the Hades guy, and they are like trading with each other, kind of thing. It's kind of cool. Um, talks about the sort of governing body or bodies that make up Ul'dah's whole system, which is very interesting. Um, basically, they are run uh, in title by a sultanate. They they have a sultana, and and that's like nominally their government. They're like a monarchy. But in practice, there is a syndicate of merchants and guilds that actually materially run the city. And there's like this sort of constant clash going on uh, between the royalists and the the, the mercantilists. And they're really uh, not huge fans of of one another.
0: Yeah. So after that little cutscene... Brennan uh, tells you you should go look. head hit up the Adventurers Guild, and you know to to make a name. He, he he says I never got your name. Ah, well, just uh, make a name for yourself so I can brag about meeting you later.
1: Oh yeah, he said he says that in every every one of those cutscenes. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's it's pretty good. I do quite like that. Um, and then, of course, once you get in the city. Then you have the guy that tells you how to use the camera. It's a different guy for every city. Um, yep. Mine is sort of a weird guy with uh, blue Pince-nez glasses who's just sort of a shady fucker. Uh, Gridania, it's an extremely boring elf with a funny name that I don't remember.
0: Is it Benedetta? Or no, it's um, it's the guy at the gate. I forget that guy's name. Yeah, it's like a pretty
1: lot. funny name, but I cannot remember it right now.
0: Uh yeah and, and for Limsa it is like it's just I did he's just a a, a big yellow jacket dude a row you know just a guy just a nothing freaking really guy. special about him um so you 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 it's interesting because you start first in an instance version of your your hub city uh and get kind of railroaded into uh going to the adventurers guild. Because otherwise, you're liable to get completely overwhelmed by all of the... Especially the Limsa Aetherite Plaza, which, if you didn't know, is always ultra-populated because it is the closest aetherite to its market board. So you can teleport right in there and kind of walk just a few feet to the left and you're right there to to sell and buy some wares. Uh, So it's always super crowded. Yeah,
1: it's also just the most convenient place to just... Hang out. It's just like the yeah. most plaza like of all of them, really.
0: Yeah, Olda's Central aetherite is in a weird, like, indoor building. It's in a hole. Uh, Gridani's aetherite Plaza is alright. Yeah, that one's like okay.
1: People hang out there too. Uh, Forests but, but and most, bridges. mostly people hang out in Limsa because that's just, no. it's just bigger. There's just more space. Yes.
0: So you enter the Adventurers Guild, and, uh, th- this, Entire section is basically just a tutorial. Um, So you go to the Drowning Wench in Limsa where you meet Baderon. I think that's how you say his name, uh, who uh, he has very piratey talk. (laughs) They have like put his accent onto the text, so he's e doctor like this. Oh yeah, no, get ready that's for that, right. everyone. If you're if you're following
1: along with us and you decide to uh, to head over to Limsa Laminsa, let me tell you, they sure do love to make those pirates talk like pirates in the text.
0: They love it. Um who who greets you in the in the quicksands in old ah.
1: Well it's gonna be our good friend Amodi Modi. And that lady, uh, she's pretty cool. She so she runs the quicksand, and she's like sort of a uh, pragmatic but like nice like pretty chill lady um like you're talking to her pretty hilariously just like sort of immediately um when you're when you're in there in the quicksand um just like a dude gets casually mauled by a debt collector in the middle of the building and everyone's just like this is normal don't worry about it
0: it's fine yeah in in the drowning wench uh the incident that occurs is that some yellow jackets show up to try and drag you away because you're you know you were the you were the only non limson you know guy or gal not known to them on that boat and so you it got attacked by pirates and so they think oh you clearly are like an informant telling these pirates where these vessels are so they try to they try to get, bring you in for questioning but Bataron kind of tells them to fuck off showing that he has a lot he has a lot of sway around here that he's a very well-liked man
1: yeah and that's that's generally the gist of it with the adventurers guild leaders right same thing with gradania in a lot of ways there's like the people who run the adventure uh, the adventurers guild have a lot of clout they've got a lot of clout on instagram and they can they can really make waves in the local community
0: so, you know, as I said, they, they tell you about all the stuff you do and, and show you how to do a side quest and tell you who the smiths are, who are, like, the tutorial resource characters. But instead of talking about that, I feel as though it's about time to introduce our characters in further detail, I think. Don't you?
1: Well, there's one there's one quick thing that we should bring up before we get to that. Um, What's that? And that is something that all of the uh, innkeepers or the, the adventure skill leaders will more or less talk about in this very first part, which is the Calamity Amnesia.
0: Yeah, so obviously we all know that five years ago, the moon had a baby, and that baby was Bahamut, and he fucked everything up extremely badly. A lot of people died. The land itself was like reshaped and ruined. And the other side effect of that is... That people's memories of that day are extremely hazy. Like, they aren't, it's not as though they can't remember what happened. They all know what happened. But the details are all just out of reach. Specifically, the details surrounding the people who stopped the calamity, the, the sort of uh, Archon Louis inner circle who uh, all have, you know, they gave their lives to stop this calamity, basically.
1: Yes. Uh, The way that Momodi puts it is that when you try to remember these famous and heroic adventurers, all you can really see is the silhouette of them against the setting sun. Uh, So they refer to them as the Warriors of Light. And it's an interesting visual to bring up, because I I have to wonder... um, if there's like sort of a connection to the like uh, sun-like globe that you kind of see in the the very very opening cutscene of the of the game here,
0: it's very possible. There was a very warm orange glow. Yes. Um, so I think now we should introduce our characters as as you know. I don't know how much will you know the so so the adventurers guild guy you know whoever it is basically sends you on your way to explore the city attune to the aetherite go check out the markets which is like just introducing you to here's how you fast travel here's where you buy supplies here is your job guild where you go to get job quests so that that's basically what they're doing and it's like. Differently flavored, but there—I don't think there's a whole lot that's super interesting in any of these like interactions. It's basically just like expanding things a little bit more.
1: Yeah, pre- pretty much just here's the basic uh, layout of the game's mechanics and, and and that sort of thing, like the the lay of the land, if you will.
0: Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and introduce your character first who are, who are you playing as for this this uh, endeavor
1: ah uh, yes so my character is Isu Dotharl uh she hails from the far-off lands of the Azium Steppe, uh which is uh, over in the continent of Authord the far east uh she's sort of traveled her way over to eorzea across uh Il Sabard, um, sort of, as a, as as sort of a hired hand, uh, working her way across the continents over here. Not really in any particular uh, goal-oriented mindset. Really, just sort of an adventurer's adventurer, someone who really likes to get into cool fights and see new places what uh what class are you starting as uh she's starting out as a pugilist mm-hmm. uh fittingly enough and i have to say actually i've i've quite enjoyed uh how pugilist feels uh just sort of yeah. immediately very very quick
0: it is it is quite nice at lower levels after the recent rework is what i'll say mm-hmm. um i no the i i am playing as aurelius hawthorne a male viera i haven't decided exactly where he hails from perhaps somewhere within the depths of the black shroud or or the forests of Dalmasca. um but he is a curious sort he's easy he is always looking to to learn more specifically about the arcane and the strange and the mysterious um but he's all you know, he's not taciturn or 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 grumpy about any of it. He's actually quite bubbly and cheerful. Some you know, maybe uh, off puttingly so when he's talking about some kind of horrible, magical calamity that befell the world in the past or or testing out a new destructive spell. Um and he he just loves sort of experiencing the world and, and finding out all, all the, the secrets that it has to offer while, while sort of slowly building up his own repertoire of, of spells. And to that end, he is an arcanist. Ah, a, Starting... a
1: studier of the tomes.
0: Yes, and I think this is sort of an interesting bit. So the third part of this little tutorial quest is that you go to your job guild and kind of get an explanation of what it is. Um and, and Arcanist is kind of interesting. It, it gives some backstory about the 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 class and the guild itself. So Arcanists are casters who use arcane geometries, you know, honed over the centuries and passed down from, from master to apprentice to wield and reshape ether around them, and they keep all of these geometries in a tome um specifically what they use it most commonly for is to summon carbuncles these cute little 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 companion creatures that you can weave out of the ether to to help serve you and and battle or maybe to just hang out um and for a very long time arcanists were basically in a rule of two situation where you you know it was just it was just a master and an apprentice and that is how the knowledge was passed down and you know it wasn't just two arcanists at a time but there was no like larger governing arcanist body um but over time they became very important to the operation of Limsa as a country and so admiral Merlwib declared that uh you know this this sort of clandestine way of going about things Ran the risk of Arcanima becoming extinct, an extinct school of magic, which has certainly happened before. And so she established the Arcanist Guild as a place where anyone could come to learn to be an Arcanist uh, from any walk of life, instead of you know having to be a be an apprentice for years and years.
1: That's really cool. That's 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 awesome. Um, the Pugilists uh- are boxers.
0: Yeah, there's the old i i, I my my main character sort of is a pugilist, uh, listener. So I know a little bit about the pugilist quest. There's a cool old man, um, and his like bubbly young apprentice, and that's basically the setup. Yeah, it's, um, they're
1: they're just a bunch of people who love to punch, and that's about yeah. it.
0: The Argonists basically like invented math. Seemingly, they're, like they're they're like, what if math nerds could cast spells? What if you were so good at equations you could shoot fire at people?
1: What if you were so good at equations you could make a weird cat that's also a dog that's also a fox and it could cast spells for you?
0: So you return to your adventurer guild leader after all that and said, well, I've I've done the tour. At which point they will point you to an area that needs help because as an adventurer, your job is basically to just do stuff like it it, to to help out anyone who in need and just kind of look for your own uh, opportunities so they they kind of give you this one to start start you off
1: yes and this is where things diverge even more so up to this point everything has largely been pretty much identical change out a few names here and there you're good this is the point in the story where the actual arcs that you're doing in this section of air are going to be different they're going to achieve the same goals but they are completely different.
0: Yeah. So I'll go ahead and and start off with mine first. Mm -hmm. Um, So Bateron tells you he has a good friend, uh, an old buddy named Stalwin, uh, who runs these farms up in Summerford, a a region of, I think it's middle Lanosea, the kind of grassy coast uh, surrounding you know the the city of uh the the kind of continent of Vilbrand or the country of Vilbrand. I don't know what Vilbrand is. Uh, it's, just it's like a, a it's just like a big
1: island. Uh, yeah. I I don't think it's a subcontinent. I think it's like basically the equivalent of like uh, what is that island? There's like an island to the south of India. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Oh yeah. I don't know what that is called, but I do know what you're talking
1: about. Yeah, it feels like that to me, right? Like it seems like it's about that size proportionally.
0: Yeah. So and and he he says like he is he says so Summerford Farms is this uh this sort of settlement run by Stalwin and staffed by reformed pirates. Um once you get there, Stalwin kind of informs you a little bit more about the specifics of the situation. He used to be a pirate captain, but like many crews, his ship was completely destroyed during the Calamity. Um, now, uh, Merlewib, after this, uh, in an effort to kind of rebuild and, and sort of restart Lim Silliments agricultural uh, industry... Had a had a kind of work program of encouraging grounded pirates to start farming and doing other sort of tasks like that because well Uh, they can't pirate anymore. Yeah, you know it's sort of an all hands on deck situation. You know, Merlweb. I'm I'm sure Merl. I'm sure put it in some kind of maritime metaphor. She likes to do that. Um, So that he he kind of took her up on this offer. problem is, you know, farming is not an easy thing, you, especially when the the soil has kind of gone a little bit fallow due to the calamity. like the the, the um the whole thing is Dalamud was sucking the aether out of the land for so long that it fucked with a lot of basically ph balances, right? So it's it's much harder to get things started. In addition to that, all of his farmers are a bunch of are a bunch of salty old scalawags who don't know the first gosh darn thing about you know, farming a land, farming the land and wielding a hoe and whatever whatever else they need to do. I'm sure they so, I'm sure
1: they know seed goes in ground, water goes on seed, but after that, it's a mystery.
0: And uh, he basically just needs a little help around the farm to kind of uh, g- get his get his crew in, 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 in tip-top shape again because the morale is a little bit low uh, for, for reasons we'll learn later. So then he can send you on a quest to get fully geared up to level five gear before you can actually start doing his quests. And then once you're all dressed up in your shitty little ARR leveling gear... um he gives you the job so he talks about how in recent years there has been a rash of kidnappings all across the realm not just in limsa but or maybe it is i think it might be in specifically in limsa is what he's talking about but i think it is a a realm realm wide situation a little bit um and it has all of his crew on edge understandably i mean they don't want to get snatched up by whoever it is and in addition to this there are some like shady looking guys skulking around the edge of the farm they aren't doing anything but they're just there and just the kind of the sight of them is is really it's interfering with the work they're they they don't want to go out into the fields it's, it's, a, it's a real chore to just drag them out of bed to try and get them to work because they're afraid they're going to get snatched and grabbed, right? And so you are tasked with investigating the, the kind of rumored hideout of these kidnappers in a place called the sea Song Grotto, uh, a little bit up the ways. Um, and this leads you into the first solo duty on this path. Where you you enter this grotto and you find a weird rock that with a uh, with an inscription. Now you can't read the inscription, but luckily, someone else is also there uh, investigating the seesawing grotto. A a a Makote woman kind of walks up behind you and, and, and translates this uh, this inscription. And it says it, it it holds the text. I am the waves that bear. I am the winds that guide. I am the evening stars. I am the morning sky. I am born of the sea, and there shall I die. And this cultured conjurer identifies this as a poem called The Sailor's Requiem, which is sort of a a cultural mantra for, for Limsa Liminsa. A, a, you know, they're, they're, a, they're a seafaring society, and they hold it. In a very high regard, their patron deity, as I said, is the Navigator. Um, and she just kind of muses on this for a little bit. But before you can make any sort of introductions, uh, a Goobyu runs into the cave. Now, a Goobyu, if you are not playing along with us, is. Oh, how, how would one describe a Goobyu?
1: A big, funny guy.
0: Yeah, he is a big, funny guy. With very tiny legs and very long arms and a big old mouth, and he is pissed off.
1: They kind of look like... I don't think they're actually made of stone, but they kind of look like they're made of stone. They've got, like... They've usually got, like, some, like, mossy, like, lichen growth on their back and the tops of their heads. I think they may actually just be, like, rock
0: creatures. That's it's perfectly possible. I mean, there's all kinds, really. Um... And so you you fight this Goobu along with this cultured conjurer, as the as the text box identifies her, and uh, you, you you manage to knock it out. So she she believes that this gooby was set upon the two of you by the kidnappers you're searching for, as a way to like get rid of you, basically. Um, but before any of that. You know, you can think much more about any of that. You get a you get a real headache, and you black out. But before I get into that, with the, that's this is where the paths converge once more. Well, so I would like to hear bit. only a little bit. But but I well, this is where you see a um, a vision, a vision. So you 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 find yourself. You look up into the sky. You find yourself in a void, much like the vision at the beginning of the game. And then you look to the sky and. A hole opens up in the clouds, and it stars rain down. Meteors rain from the sky, as you yet again hear that same voice from from the very beginning, urging you to hear, think, and feel. And this is where you kind of meet Heidelin.
1: Uh, yeah, you meet you meet Hydaelyn. Uh She's a big crystal
0: she's a very big crystal also i should say that this entire uh this entire vision is brought on by digging a crystal out from underneath the goobu. Um, there's a lot of crystals in this game it's a final fantasy game so if you aren't if you aren't familiar with that series general themes most of them are about crystals generally
1: yeah we we love crystals here this is this is a crystal positive space
0: so, you are sort of introduced to and She kind of kind of tells you what's been going on. She is the will of the star. She is the embodiment of Eorzea, basically. And the Calamity has brought her low. Her influence is fading from the realm at large. Um, and she tasks you with reuniting these six crystals of light to kind of revive her pretty much um to to let her light spill out across the realm once more and of course i should say all of these she's and hers that is with a capital s and h we are talking gods here
1: Oh yes. Heidelin Hy- is about the closest we're going to get
0: to to like a supreme deity in this game. And so, yeah, and she also says that the forces of darkness are rallying and and sort of creeping their way across the realm in her absence. So that you you have your heroic quest. Now get to it.
1: Yes. Uh now before we get on to that heroic quest, let's let's talk about what's going on over in Olda ah with uh, with Yisu. Uh, so, she gets tasked with going to find some guy off by the railroad tracks. You know how it is, sort of a classic adventuring setup there. Um, and you meet this man named Papashan. Now, Papashan, pretty cool guy. I love his pizzas. Love that guy's pizzas. Um, he has a really good relationship with Shaquille O'Neal. Um, so, Papashan is uh, out by these train tracks and he's he's been happier he's been happier it seems he's not having a good day um but he tells you hey uh today sucked uh why don't you give all of my all my boys here some nice tasty pretzels uh so he hands you forgot
0: about the pretzels
1: yeah so he hands you a little bushel of soft pretzels uh which is great um doesn't give you one um, but I guess he doesn't know us that well yet, so that's fine. Uh, and you go over and just sort of hand some people some delicious soft pretzels, and they get real happy about it. Um, uh, but really, there, there was sort of an ulterior motive here, because Papachon didn't just want you to hand them pretzels, uh, he wanted you to find out, uh, if they've seen anything unusual, Um, And none of them have, which is concerning to Papa Sean. Now, you'd think, oh, well, I don't want there to be anything unusual on a patrol. But no, he is specifically looking for something unusual. A person. uh, He's got a noble ward uh, that he has lost, um, which isn't great, just generally speaking, if you lose your ward. Um, So he's like, hey, help me go find her. Uh, I think she's over here vaguely and uh, i sort of points you northward so you you, ru- you run up there uh and you find a girl sitting in a crevice uh and her name is lady lalira and uh as you're sort of stumbling across her and uh just sort of checking on her making sure she's okay getting ready to you know take her back to papa sean um a a uh roguish uh white-haired man appears and uh, he seems to be on the same mission as you, but, of course, he is already acquainted with the Lady Lyra and Papa Sean. Uh Seems to be a well-known individual. Um, uh, but as all of you are about to leave, suddenly a Void Scent appears, a sort of flying uh, gargoyle-style guy, and uh, you have to defend, uh, defend the Noble Lady. Uh, from from this horrible beast, uh, so you and the the handsome the handsome adventurer, uh, as he's called, uh, have to uh, sort of defeat some guys. So you know you 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 go and you punch some demons, some devils, as you, as you do, uh, and uh, one of them drops a little crystal, and then the exact same thing happens.
0: Yep. So back in. Uh, the uh, uh, a salty cave with our boy Aurelius. He wakes up, and the cultured conjurer sort of makes a remark of, uh, you know, you collapsed right after our victory. I was a bit worried about you. I'm glad to see you're all right. Um, and and she kind of says, "Well, this was fun, but I, uh, you know, well, if, actually, she asks you why you collapsed, and you tell her you saw a big rock." And she talked to you and gave you a crystal or missions to get more crystals. And this seems to intrigue the cultured conjurer. Um, but she still, you know, says, well, I'm going to continue to investigate these kidnappers. You should go back to Stalewyn and check in with him. Um, and, and she kind of leaves with a, uh, with the, the phrase, may our paths cross once again in the light of the crystal. Oh, the other thing I've, you know, we've kind of forgot to mention about about these people is that they have uh, distinctive neck tattoos.
1: Yes, they're Got like the, a sort of burgundy color. They're on both sides of their neck, and it's kind of shaped like, it's like vaguely A-shaped, but like very, very fancy looking.
0: Yeah. Uh, She also pulls a knife, a dull knife, out of this gobu's back and identifies it as... a a work knife one might use to cut ropes on a ship and so she deduces that the culprits are most likely former or current pirates um so with that she she gives you the knife to give the stale one and then she heads out
1: to be fair in limsa liminsa saying your your culprits are probably former or current pirates is kind of like saying ah yes uh he lives in a house
0: yeah, it's a lot of people in Limsa, for sure. Um, so you go back to Stalewin, who, you know, he he confirms that, yeah, this is definitely a pirate-ass knife. But when you tell him about the, the mysterious conjurer you fought alongside, he goes, Oh, yeah, that's Ishtola. Yeah, she's she's been helping around. She's sort of an odd lady, but, you know, she seems nice enough. She's out here... As a, as a, as a, uh, as a naturalist studying the ether of the area. Um, which is that, you know, we, we, she, she, when you, she appears, she's wearing an, a weird contraption around her, uh, around her neck. It's kind of like a, it's like a, it kind of looks like a mask, but not a, like a weird one.
1: It's very, very similar thing going on, uh, going on over in Old Da, actually. Uh, you sort of you wake up you uh uh the the white-haired man does a fairly similar thing he's just sort of like hmm so it's, uh, it's curious that you passed out like that i guess i'll be i'll be going along and uh he uh he and the uh, the Lady Lilira are, are leaving, though uh, she's she's still quite upset. Uh, she was apparently looking for something and she didn't find it. And uh, of course you meet back up with Papa Sean. Everyone's there. Papa Sean's like, oh yeah, that was Thancred. Everybody knows Thancred. That guy's cool. Uh, he's been studying the ether here. Uh, just sort of as a as a scholarly guy, which is interesting because he does not exactly come across as a scholarly man. Um, but he also had one of those interesting little contraptions on, uh, wearing it on his shoulder for some reason.
0: Yeah. Um, so these cutscenes are voice acted, I believe. Uh, they are. This, this, for this this first one here, so let's talk a little bit about the voice acting now. I am playing the game with the Japanese voice track um i played this game in english uh first with the exception of stormblood which i played in japanese because that's like that's the one where you go to like the japanic one so i thought it'd be kind of fitting Mm -hmm. um but uh there's an so there's a thing about a realm reborn that that is probably one of its most challenging aspects Uh uh-huh that is the english dub
1: yeah, so I played this game. I have played this game entirely in Japanese from day 1. Um and I really really quite like the voice performances uh from more or less the entire Japanese cast. Uh there's there's a couple of very specific exceptions to that that I think are really really bad performances, but not probably not really because of the actor because of the direction they're given. We'll get to that later. Um But uh, broadly, I think uh, the Japanese voice acting is really good. I decided for... So we both decided when we would do this sort of replay of the game, um, we would sort of swap places, you know? Nero listens to the Japanese voice acting, and I'll listen to the English voice acting. Which results in some interesting changes to the cadence
0: of the cutscenes. Yeah, so, you know, a few things. First of all, obviously, the localization of this game, which I believe at this point is is being handled by a uh, rival of the show, Christopher Koju Fox. Yes, good old Michael Christopher. Um, uh,
1: I, I believe he stays as the localization guy until Stormblood. Stormblood. Yeah, I believe he's localization
0: until then. So you know, it's a very old-timey translation. We got we got a lot of archaic words like "ilms" and 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 all that sort of stuff, as well as in-universe uh, idioms like "any road" instead of "anyway" and that sort of thing. A lot of "pray return" and whatnot. Um, yeah. The Japanese original script is very much not like this. It's pretty straightforward. Um it's not you know it's not exactly it's still not modern or anything but it it's not old timey in that way. You can definitely write old timey in Japanese, but this game is not written like that. Yeah,
1: no they 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 aren't doing like the old in English thing that a lot of the actual like uh the the English localization kind of takes on that's it sort of takes on that that very like uh, I guess, like you could
0: say, like y like Lord of the Ringsy.
1: But I guess is Lord of the Rings like that? I,
0: maybe I'm. It's a little bit like that. It's definitely. It is. It is definitely like chasing that vibe. It is. It is. And and this once Koji Fox steps away from head localization, becomes the lore dude, which is eventually what happens. Um, the the old timiness kind of you know we we still keep a lot of stuff like any road and Ilms and whatnot, but we we kind of pull back on the pedal a little bit or on shadowbringers and we we loosen up
1: yeah it gets in terms
0: of the localization it,
1: it gets a little bit less less severe um it's it's a very divisive thing the the actual english localization text choices particularly in arr and uh post arr i think the text choices are not super ideal in a lot of occasions there's a very very infamous uh particular sort of localization that happens in the post AR quest line that we will get to later uh but yeah. broadly i think at least at least right now it's not that bad we'll, we'll see how it how it proceeds going forward i'll say that Starting with, you know, Lalira and Thancred as the only two people who are talking, not too bad. The voice acting's yeah. pretty okay and the text is fine. So, you know, I imagine it is a lot worse if you are in, say, Limsa Liminsa, where everything is written in, like, RP pirate speak. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, So I want to talk a little bit about the voice actress here in both languages for all all of the, you know, for our our respective characters involved here. Uh, Yishtola is voiced in Japanese by Ai Kayano. Um, And I can't really find any standout roles in her filmography. She mostly just seems to voice, like, standard anime girls, usually. I don't know enough about a lot of these shows to kind of piece them apart, really. She does voice someone from Konosuba, which is interesting. Oh, she voices uh, Kanai from Demon Slayer, who is another sort of odd, cold lady. But I think that's her, like... That's the role that I most recognize, but she mostly just appears to be, like, anime girl voice. Uh, Yishitola in Japanese... Is is pretty like low-key. She she I guess she just has like a pleasant voice. There's nothing that really stands out to me quite yet.
1: Yeah. Thancred Thankrid is
0: I know this. Thankrid is Talison Jaffe in ARR's English dub. He is, of course, one of the cast members of Critical Role, but he's also a voice actor who's been around for a very long time. Um, I would say that his performance is probably one of the better ones in ARr to be sure.
1: yeah, i I think his performance is genuinely like pretty decent. it's it's pretty decent performance. Um, he's got like a real like like he's got a real like cocky, kind of like full of himself vibe sort of thing, sort of a roguish type, very confident. Um, and, and, you know, if it it's, if it it's how, how he sort of is, he's the, a very like sauntering kind of guy. He's got a little bit of a, of, of a swagger in his step at this, at this point of the game. Um, which is interesting because you compare it to the, to the Japanese voice acting and he's a lot more like, the only way I can describe it is he's a lot more sexy in Japanese. Yeah. Like he's got way more of a, like. He's he's got so much more of that like like sort of deeper like caramelly voice tones to it.
0: Uh, oh, I know why. So Thancred in Japanese is voiced by Yuichi Nakamura, who also voices Greed from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yeah, that'll do it. That that will in fact do it. Oh, he voices he voices Gojo in Jujutsu Kaisen. He vo- he is the voice of quite a few like sexy anime boys he's hawks in my hero academia
1: yeah so yeah he's he's got that like very like very sexy vibe going on or whatever in 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 japanese he's like he is supposed to be like this sort of aloof uh like hot guy um and in english he's he's a lot more of he's a lot goofier i think in english
0: He's Bruno in uh, part five of JoJo, so that's very fun. But yeah, like the 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 performances. We'll get to some of the more uh, problematic, not not in in sort of offensive problematic, but just in their bad performances. Yeah, we'll get. We're, get we're both going to get on. our
1: own. This is this is the fun part of, of ARR is that yeah. both uh, both Japanese and English have their own unique uh, and interesting uh, problem voice actors, uh ver voice performances rather, and uh, we'll we'll get to that soon, don't worry.
0: So now that we're out of voice actor corner here for now, we'll be back in it periodically. Um back on Summer Fruit Farms, you you talk to Stalwin again, and he's like, God damn it, all my boys are slacking off. I need you to go find them and figure out what's what the issue is. So you go around and talk to all of the, uh, all of his sort of guys here. And specifically, he's like, yeah, talk to all of these dudes and also find Severin. He's kind of like the big troublemaker around the farm. He's the guy I've been having the most issues with. I just, I just need you to like, just tell them I sent you and they'll come running along. They respect me. And that is generally the vibe you get. So you talk to all these people and generally they all have the same complaints, which is life kind of sucks right now. Um, you got like shitty food, shitty booze, the work kind of sucks. Like it's just, it's just, it's just hard out here for a bunch of ex pirates, but Stalwin still commands their respect and admiration. And so they all say, But if the captain wants us to work, we're going to work fine. We, we won't, we won't let the captain down. Um, and you get to Severin who is sort of a, you know, kind of a roguish asshole blonde twink. And he is a little bit less upfront with his issues. He basically kind of blows you off and says, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll be there. Fucking just leave me alone. He's also, like, way farther away than the other ones. Like, all the other guys are kind of around the farm. But this guy is kind of down the road a little bit. So, you uh, you head back to Stelwyn. And he kind of fills you in about what's up with Severin. Uh, he has been going behind his back and doing some deals with the goblins. Swiping produce and other stuff from the farm. To, uh, you know, make a little extra money on the side and Selwyn knows about this at, uh, but like he's he, he's, he's the kind of guy who's like, I'm going to wait for Severin to own up to it, but he's not going to do it. He's too much of a little sneak. So I need you to go over and I need you to do slash doubt at him. And this is <laughs> the introduction of the emote at target mechanics, which I always quite love in this game. Oh,
1: that's wonderful. I didn't I haven't been introduced to those yet. That's not that's not in the uh, the old Aquest line at all yet.
0: Yeah, so you, you kinda you kinda go over there to to Severin and you find him standing around in front of a bunch of boxes, uh, alone. Stalwin said he brought his crew with him like all a whole bunch of guys basically rolled out and left but Stalwin you, you only find him right so you find him there you do slash at him but he basically is like, he's basically like I got fucking bamboozled uh, the goblins took my guys and told me to fuck off so could you please help them um so you you know, punch punch a few goblins, or in my case, uh, cast ruin at a few goblins for a bit of time. And then uh, he gives you the oranges that were, like, the whole, so the whole, like, thing is that these Linocene oranges have kept going missing, and they've been missing delivery dates to Lominsa, and the, 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 the sort of reputation of Summerford Farm has been declining because of this so severin gives you these oranges he was gonna sell and just you know he thanks you but he scurries off again and he doesn't really seem to have learned his lesson so how, how are things going over in old Da?
1: right well um you uh you manage to get back to uh the the situation here. you go to Mimodi and everything and you end up doing a little bit of busy work right so you're you're just sort of running around um, or no, you don't go back to Ammodi. I'm sorry. You go and talk to a brass blade who's just sort of standing over on the side, and uh, you know doing a little bit of busy work. So they're like, "Hey, uh, why don't you go take this pumpkin over to this bar for me?" And so you're like, "Okay." And you go and you get a pumpkin from this little this little pumpkin patch, this uh, royal plot of of uh, farmland here, and uh, you take it to the Oh, what is it? The coin and the, the, the coffin and coffer, I believe it's called, if I remember correctly. Um just this bar kinda tucked away underneath of a cliff here, sort of a saloon situation. And you roll up in there and you give this guy a pumpkin, he's pretty happy about it. He's like, ah oh, yeah. You know, we all we've had lately is meat. Just nothing but meat from all these like uh, all these, uh, monsters just sort of hanging around, you know, the, the trade's not been super good, so, uh, getting, getting these boys to eat some vegetables will be good for him, and, uh, you know, you're, you're doing that sort of thing, and, um, you end up going over to, uh... This uh, little town right next to the bar called uh, Blackbrush. It's uh, the outpost of Blackbrush. And there's a guy, and he needs you to be in level 5 gear before he sends you off on, uh, on his mission. It's, uh, it's a dangerous mission to a cave nearby, a cave where they were trying to get. Uh, they, were, they were trying to mine some silver. Um, and uh, they got attacked by some coblins. Now, coblins are weird. Coblins are weird. They're like a spider, squid, but their back is entirely made out of crystals and they eat precious metal and gems. It's like that's the food they eat, Um, which is pretty bad if your trade is mining because they're just going to eat all of the good stuff that you want to mine. So you go and take care of that and come back and... Um, uh, not too long after that, you end up meeting a guy in the bar, and his name is Winston. Uh, now, Wiston's interesting. Overwatch. Uh, it's not not quite. Not not Mr. Not Mr. Monkey Man Winston, but Wiston, spelled W Y S T A N. Um, and this guy's interesting. So, most of the characters you've met at this point. Um, with the exception of like Papa Sean and uh, you know the the good lady Lyra and Thancred, but most of the other people you've met have been kinda assholes or largely sort of preoccupied doing their own thing. This guy is also preoccupied doing his own thing, but he's kind of a cool guy. So you got you got a tip that he's hiring adventurers to go dig up some huge, crazy, important vein of untapped silver ore and and other precious metals uh, somewhere. And uh, you show up to the bar to go get hired by this guy, and he's like, oh, I already hired like 30 brass blades to take care of this problem. Don't worry about it. But hey, listen, you still want to help me out. I got these like eight kids who just follow me around. Can you give them these little cookies and tell them to leave, please? Uh, and so you do you walk outside and you you give them these like adorable like gingerbread man shaped cookies uh and tell all these little kids to go back to town um and then uh you got you go back inside and coincidentally uh, the brass blades are back we found the thing you were looking for sir we found the entrance to Silda, the uh the ruined city that this uh, this untapped vein is supposedly underneath of um and he invites you along, you know. Uh Wiston here is like, hey, why don't you come with me and uh we'll go discover this together? And uh, his motivations for doing this are interesting. So uh a lot of the people you've met so far have been people who are very profit motivated, and at first Wiston sort of feels like he's gonna be similar, um, but he's profit motivated in a very specific way. See, he's a refugee. Um, And Olda has a pretty big refugee problem. Um, And the problem is that the city and the people who run it do not treat them very well. They don't give them fair work, uh, they don't really give them fair compensation, and they're just generally treated very, very poorly. Um, this guy wants to get rich specifically because he's not stupid. He knows that the laws of the land are written by the rich around here. So he thinks if he gets rich, then he can get on the syndicate and he can make the laws to make life, uh, better and more tolerable for him and, uh, his people, which is great. Unfortunately, um it doesn't work out great for him because uh, the people who run things are aware that he wants to get rich and change it. So this whole thing is a huge setup. And when you get to the entrance to this place, the brass blades are getting ready to behead this man with a scimitar, Uh, which isn't great.
0: Well, well, that's, that's not ideal. No,
1: no, it's just not very fun. But uh, of course, just as they're about to do that, a mysterious figure
0: appears. Uh, Alright, so let me, before we get into this mysterious figure and the things that he does, I want to talk about Aurelius' time in Summerford. So after, you know, the goblin incident, uh, you kind of just do a little bit more general busy work around the farm. You you, you get some fertilizer, you uh, recover some, like, tools that have been raided by pirates because that's been a big problem. We got a bunch of raiders sneaking in to the to to the the farm, grabbing tools to like melt down into swords and shit. Uh, and as a result, they don't have any tools to do their farming. Uh, also, when I say grabbing fertilizer, I do mean that you uh, go to a, a a small natural enclosure called the cook box which is full of irritable aurochs, which are really Really big cow bison, basically. Uh, uh Um, and you scoop up the the poop, the poop.
1: That's Uh, that's great. I forget,
0: I forget whatever they call it. They don't call it poop. They call it like black dirt or something. Well, Uh, but you know what it is. Well, I
1: guess that's I guess that's a nice way of putting it.
0: Yeah. So you do that, uh, and and you you kind of recover some of these weapons. You you slap some of these raiders around to recover the weapons uh and at this point stalwin is like i am almost certain that severin is the one who has been telling these raiders where they can get our tools and you know i can i can like let some skimming off the top slide. I don't like it, but it's not something I'm going to, like, you know, go real hard on him for than maybe, like, a stern talking to. This is a different situation. He is putting everyone in the farm at risk. He is making us completely unable to work. He has left, again, with some more of his boys, and I need you to find them. So, you head over to uh, where where, you know, he's like... Oh, it's because uh, he actually, he also says like, all right. So Severin received a letter, and that letter freaked him the fuck out, seemingly, and he ran off with his friends. And and Stalwin is not only asking to drag him back here to like, give him give him what's for, but also to save him from himself because clearly, the little shit is in way over his head at this point. Um. So, you. Uh, head down to this uh, this grotto here. I forget why well, forget exactly the area. I didn't I didn't write it down. Um but you know, it's uh it's a bad scene. You you come across his uh, Severin's pals here all all along this path and they say that Severin has led them into a trap set by the Serpent Reavers. Um and as you get further, you learn that Severin was once a member of these serpent reavers now the serpent reavers are not your average you know yarhar pirates they're a little bit more sinister than that the serpent reavers are servants of the sahagin uh they have all been sort of tempered by them and they serve the sahagin's interests and and generally you know Kidnap a lot of people to make more serpent reavers, uh, as as one does, and so Severin actually managed to get out before that sort of uh, stage of their mutual working relationship. Um, but does the punishment for desertion is death, and so the 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 serpent reavers have offered him a choice: they can, you know, a bargain. He can bring his friends, he can trade his friends for his life. Bring four of your your burliest guys for us to take and we'll we'll let you go free. Uh but it turns out all of that was a lie, and they really just want to kill him.
1: Well, of course,
0: naturally. And so this is when a mysterious figure shows up and does something now. Does he also make a golem in your path?
1: Yes, he does. And I believe a golem is also what happens in the Gridania path uh, as well. I believe every single time it is a stone golem and the mysterious figure says like uh, a weird little prayer or chant about uh, putting a soul to the soulless or whatever. And, uh, And this big stone guy sort of appears. And this fight's interesting because it is it is similar to basically everything else, a kind of a tutorial fight. Um, this fight introduces the player to uh, AoE attacks. So uh, the, at a certain point during the fight, uh, the mysterious figure is like, ah, you're, you're doing well, but can you handle this? And then the golem does like a cone AoE, and then a circle AOE. Uh, and that's like it, I think. Maybe there's other attack patterns, but it went down pretty fast for me.
0: Yeah, it, it, it died pretty fast for me as well. Like, yeah, it's just like a big orange circle appears on the ground. Don't stand in that. That's what it's telling you to do. Also, this mysterious figure bears a striking resemblance to the figure in the opening vision there. But yeah, one, with one big difference. One very
1: critical difference, in fact.
0: So, the figure you fought in that vision wore a red half-mask. With big fangs on it. Yeah, with a, with a unique design, and also the lower part of his face was exposed. This figure wears a black full-face mask, completely obscuring his, his, uh, his face. Yeah, What does that mean? I your guess is as good as ours Yes. but not it really. could
1: it could it could truly be anything uh, and this figure is impressed by the fact that we are able to dispatch the golem no one's no one's ever gotten past my golem before um and they just sort of and we should disappear.
0: say yeah we should say this figure never directly interacts with you the player um they're they're standing up on a cliff. In mine, and they summon the golem from afar And you kinda You kinda look up there to see them But then you blink and they're gone Yeah, same And that's that's same
1: cool. basic thing in mine Uh, the only exception is my guy Was sort of standing on a ruined pillar Cause we're in like some ruins yeah. and stuff You know how it is
0: So, your, whatever Strange adventurer you Uh, you met, either either Yshtola Or Thancred, I assume he has been Named by this point. Yeah, yeah, Thancred's been named Or um, if you're in
1: Gradania. uh eat in but we'll of course get to yes. them someday
0: yeah we'll have we'll do a bonus thing about gridania start um it's it is the same thing but with very slight differences and different characters so they they arrive and they're you know they they seem frustrated that their quarry has escaped they were after the mysterious figure not whatever other threat you were dealing with not the brass blades not the serpent reavers not Oh, insert thing here. Actually,
1: that's an interesting difference. So Yshtola is after the figure?
0: Yeah, Yshtola is here to investigate that figure. She's not really here to... She's, like, here because of the Serpent Reavers, but she's like, yeah, they don't really matter. They're like small potatoes. I I know that there is something else behind these kidnappings. Yeah,
1: that's interesting because Thancred is not investigating the robed figure. Uh,
0: Thankred... Why is he? Why does he in- intervene? So,
1: Thancred is, he is observing the etheric disturbances of the realm. Uh, he specifically says, "You know, why is it that it seems like uh, lately all of the etheric disturbances that I find, you're you just so happen oh. to be
0: there?" Yashaolus yeah, sure. is a very similar thing. That like the these the etheric disturbances are what brought her here, which were caused by. The mysterious road figure summoning a golem, yes. um, but I believe she is specifically like she has put together that there is a connection between these disturbances, you, the kidnappers, and unknown party. Um, yeah,
1: Th- Thankred's not quite that far along yet. He's he's just sort of still on the following the trail portion of the of the Scooby Doo
0: chase. So shortly after they Thankred slash Eastola arrive, you yet again. Clutch your head, and this time you have a vision. But this is different. You don't see a big rock this time telling you to get other smaller rocks. Uh, You see a vision of the past.
1: Yes. Uh, And this is is a notable difference. The other times when you've had visions, you basically passed out and fell asleep. This time, it just seems like you're having a really horrible, like explosion headache like a terrible sudden onset migraine um but you're still like up like you're standing you're you're a conscious person you're just sort of having a having a vision moment so how, how does how does your vision go
0: so it is shortly before the calamity five years ago we can see Dalamud hanging low in the sky and Yishtola is sort of Hanging out around uh, Limsa, she is uh, wearing her like little mask thing. She remarks that Charlene and technology is amazing. She never would have thought she'd be able to see Ether in in her whole life. Um, that's a direct quote. It's, it's well, not a, a direct quote. She. It's a very funny says, direct quote. <laughs> so she notices the serpent reavers and 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 some some serpent reavers sort of skulking around the docks and and she's you know she's putting things together in her head as she considers the etheric balance she begins to she she kind of wonders about why they're working with the sahagan and she comes to the conclusion that this uh, landscape with with dalamud throwing everything out of whack is the perfect environment to summon primals and so she believes that the reavers are attempting to help the sahagan summon leviathan lord of the War, their their god um and and this is because the moon's slow descent is weakening the the sort of boundaries of the etheric plane so you can do all sorts of crazy shit in this current state and so and so she goes out to to kind of investigate the reavers further is basically how this goes and she's basically she's just sitting around the docks she perches on some crates which is very cute i guess we you know you know if we want to describe her look their looks uh she's kind of like wearing a a white smock blue pants her hair is kind of cut short she looks very comfy.
1: Yeah, Aerys e. Tola looks very comfy. She looks like she were just rolled out of bed, uh, which is adorable. How does it? How
0: does? How was Thancred's time five years ago? So
1: Thancred's time five years ago is very funny. So uh, it's also five years ago. It's prior to the calamity, and it's sort of divided into three like like little vignettes. Uh, so the first vignette is him just walking around, uh, walking around town, strutting his stuff, and uh, picking up the ladies. He's a real ladies' man, let me tell you. He's got he's got ladies hanging off both his arms, um, and uh, he like overhears somebody talking about um, uh, the amalja have been uh, hitting caravans lately. They've been hitting, uh, like, supply lines and trade routes and things like that. And Thancred sort of muses to himself, hmm, I bet they're after crystals. It seems like they've been after crystals lately in order to summon a primal. That's my suspicion. Um, Before he can really talk about the suspicion to himself any longer, though, the two ladies are like, hey, you coming? We're we're trying to go, go to a party over here. Uh, and so he, he's like, well, I'll deal with this later, and goes to presumably hang out with these two ladies. Uh, then there's sort of a time skip, I guess, or like to a different thing where he's just sort of standing around staring at Dalamud in the sky, and he also talks about how Dalamud's fall is really messing up the ether and is really like, you know, making it way easier for primals to be summoned um and the third thing is he's in sort of like a little temple um i believe it's the thaumaturges guild uh temple
0: yes it, it, i believe it is
1: yeah and he uh he puts on the aethero goggles and looks around for uh for 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 the ether and stuff like that and he's like wow the the miracles of and engineering uh it's so cool i can basically touch the stuff and um and he's like, "Yeah, there's there's disturbances here. I'm gonna go follow them." And
0: just just to
1: take a moment here, the Etheru goggles look really stupid.
0: They look very stupid. Um, they
1: make they make the splinter cell noise when you put them on.
0: Yeah, like it's really hard to describe these things. They're they are the least cool steampunk devices you can imagine. And that's I know I know that's. I know that's quite a narrow field, but they look really stupid. Um...
1: There's a really specific poll I'm about to make, and I don't know... I'm trying to remember which Zelda game it's from. I think it's Wind Waker. There is a mask that you can get, uh, I believe in Wind Waker, that you can put on, and it shows you the health bars of the enemies that you're fighting. Uh, Normally in that game, there's no health bars. Um... It looks really stupid, and it looks very, very similar to the goggles. It's just sort of a weird, gold, like, weirdly shaped mask with two very dorky looking eye holes.
0: Yeah. So these scenes are basically the same, with some flavor differences, a a, a, a phrase that will be popping up quite a bit. Um, The main differences between these paths actually seem to be the areas you're helping um they kind of fill in different bits about the world yeah um the other thing that we maybe should bring up now we'll probably expand upon it later is the usage of beast tribes to describe the sort of non-humanoid uh, peoples inhabiting the realm of Aor. Usually antagonistic towards the city states for one reason or another.
1: Yeah. So the language The reason
0: is colonialism. The
1: language used in Arar and it does it does continue though they do oh, sort of
0: They have they have begun moving away from this in recent days yes for for, for good
1: reason so beastmen and beast tribes are the language used for the sort of non-human sapient people um who inhabit uh the realm so you've got the Amalja, who are these sort of big uh, hulking lizard men who live in the desert they're like
0: lizard they're like lizard lions like they aren't because they're there's, there's the mamulja who are much more like classic lizard dudes who are kind of a minor tribe in Lenosia.
1: that's true but
0: the Amalja have like a bit of fur and they have these very sort of Animal like these these very lion like snouts almost.
1: Yeah, that's that's true, that's true. So yeah, the Amalja are sort of lion lizard guys, they're big, huge guys. Um uh Gridania, they got the Ixel, which are like these sort of flightless bird people. And uh then you got goblins living in Vilbrand. So you got, got funny
0: goblins. And the Sahagin and the Kobolds are also dropped vilbrand just has so many of these guys running around that's right yeah um, actually
1: there's it's interesting vilbrand has probably like the highest density of of the sort of non-human races uh whereas and also
0: one other fun fact limsa Lomensa is the only starting city where you can see some non-human guys hanging out there is a goblin in the Aetherite Plaza, there's a Kikurn, who is another... That's another one in La Nocea. There's four of them in Vilbrand. The key Kern are like little rat guys. Um, but they're different rat guys from the kobolds, who are also little rat guys. Yeah,
1: just sort of an abundance of little rat guys. There's there's Kikurn the, the in, they, they, in uh, Thanalan, too, actually.
0: They're all around. The The key Kern are like... They have these... They're very long snouts. They're almost like echidnas yeah a little bit as opposed to kobolds who are very stout uh and and all that sort of thing but uh yeah and then there's a there's a mamulja trying to buy some sausages in the market uh notably a a big part of olda's history is that they kick out all of the muriad tribes they they completely ban them from the city uh it seems as though limsa never did that um despite the fact that the uh the yellow jackets and, and a few other people do love to call the Sahagan their 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 own little slur they like to they like to call them fishbacks
1: yeah you can hear that a lot
0: early on
1: yeah it's yeah, it's it's weird it's weird so yeah the the the, the beast tribe things will we will get into them yeah. in more detail right. as we like get to experience uh this content as as it sort of approaches yeah. us uh much like a much like a truck our our, our airpods are in yeah. we're going to get hit by this truck
0: but safe it's safe to say it is it is a bit of ar that is still very much like it is, it is a weird situation it's pre- it is it's it's not the worst it could be but no, it, it is like a it gets way it gets way worse in yeah. post
1: ar we'll, we'll we'll get to yes. we'll get to post ar Ooh,
0: who, who, boy. Um, and a lot, of, and a lot of st- there is a lot of time in later patches spent actually grappling with this stuff, which I will say is good. When when you have a long form story like this, it kind of allows you to look back on some of the things you wrote, you know, four or five years ago and go, "Hey, yeah, let's let's, let's reel oh, that one good. back
1: in." Just a just a all of smidge, this, just all
0: touch. of this is quite bad. Yeah, there's there's a lot to say about the the sort of situation. With the myriad tribes, which is what we we'll be using the new terminology for them, which is the myriad tribes. Yeah, the myriad um, tribes,
1: which uh, which is a lot. Woo, that's yeah. a lot better, isn't
0: it? Uh. Um. So you know, we we come back from our vision. We wrap things up. Our, you know, strange companion either Thanker or at least Chola informs you about the 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 Reavers and their connection to the Sahagan. Um. And she officially introduces herself. She's like, "I'm, I'm sure Stalwin told told you all about me, but I would like to introduce myself personally. I am Yishtola. Yeshtola Rule, uh, a naturalist of sorts, studying the ether to help solve our current problems." And then she leaves.
1: Yes, Thegret uh, also introduces himself. He he's like, oh, "I'm just a humble scholar studying the ether of the land," um, and then he. He pauses for a second, interestingly And he's like, he he's, he almost Says something, he like Is about yeah. to pose a question to you But then thinks better of it and leaves He's like, see you yeah, later Shola
0: does much the same, presumably About the weird past headache you got Which, we won't learn about that No, yet. we'll get um, that you, then we, the Then The quest wraps up in much the same way For both, all three paths You return to your adventurer's guild your uh, well, I, I, I guess I can talk about Severin's ending here. Yeah, he uh, he kind of comes clean. He apologizes to Stalwin and he decides he's gonna he's gonna turn himself in. And Stalwin it, it tells you like, hey, go talk to Bateron. uh He knows some people in the Yellow Jackets. You know, this, this kid reminds me a lot of myself when I was young. I don't want him to get too harsh of a penalty, so just just tell just have Batteron lighten his sentence for me. Um and, and that's kind of what brings you back to the drowning winch, where Batteron goes like, yeah, I'll, I'll have you know, he'll spend he'll spend a night in the brig and then he'll be back out. Like, uh, I, I have connections. Everyone, lo- everyone loves old Batteron.
1: Oh uh, yeah, everybody, everybody's a big fan of that guy.
0: How's it going, old Ah? Uh,
1: so in old Ah, you uh. You know, you dispatch the golem, everybody leaves on their own. Um, Whiston is like, Oh god, Lord Lollarito wants me dead as fuck. I need to go. I need to leave. Um, and he just kind of goes to you, like, Listen, I gotta go in hiding for the rest of my whole life. Um, you should probably do the same thing. And he books it. Um, so you go back to the quicksand... Uh, And you're like, uh, help, 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 help. Mamadi, I spill my reputation. Um, And she's like, hey, listen, don't even worry about it. I bet you know those guys have any idea who you are. But, you know, next time, probably be more careful and don't, you know, get involved with like an extremely marked man.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how those two arcs, you know, they're both about marked men getting in over their heads, but one of them knows He's marked and the other one doesn't until you've got the scimitar swinging towards his neck.
1: Yeah, sort of, sort of got caught out that one. And uh, for the record, Lord Lolorito is apparently a not super nice guy on the Syndicate no. and uh, has quite a lot of sway and power with his own little private army. I'm sure that will never come up again.
0: We'll never hear about this Lord Lollarito again. So then, Baderon and Mamodi give you access to the inn you get you can stay at the inn for free anytime you want because you're just that cool you're just that
1: cool they like you a
0: lot uh they give you a free inn room whenever you want and then this
1: guy who's over at some weird glowing table kind of waves at you and is like hey i got these i got these little cards made out of stained glass and if you look at them real closely it tells you to go kill some random guys
0: yeah yes yeah. So, hey yeah, do you love quests don't 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 do those unless you're a crafter or a gatherer in which case do do those um combat love quests not don't they're they're annoying and bad yeah um, not a
1: fan not not a big fan
0: but yeah that that sort of and then you know next thing you get your your next uh job I haven't written down what I what, what better on has bade me to do yet but uh that's where we will stop our msq progress for now yes we have begun building our reputation as an adventurer we're helping out the people of the land we're saving guys from getting their heads chopped off we're fighting golems we're meeting white-haired anime people it's true both
1: white-haired anime people um so yeah that's 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 where we're we're sort of leaving it off today um we' We'll be doing a, a similar format thing actually to uh, our previous podcast, podcast of Power. Check it out if you haven't listened to it. if you like Shira and the Princesses of Power, the TV show, it's pretty good. Um, we'll be doing sort of a spoiler centric uh, section of of this where, um, after a small break, Uh, little ad break we're going to uh talk about the sort of broader implications um the sort of connections between this content and the content way 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 later so you know if you don't want to get spoiled on like 6.0 style stuff probably don't listen to that portion
0: yeah we're we're talking to the real spoilers here like we're up to current content um so if you're not caught up don't listen to this part um but i guess we should i will do our plugs before the spoiler zone so everyone can hear them
1: yes uh we're currently doing a rework of our patreon so uh keep your your ears to the ground on that currently it is patreon.com slash pot of power it's going to get a small name change since now of course we do multiple podcasts um but uh but yeah you can check that out and uh we'll we'll be doing a a sort of general content rework here as we sort of shift gears all the way into a uh, full steam ahead heidelin mode um but we've got some interesting plans we've got some interesting plans for that
0: I just imagine our patreon is covered by one of those old under construction gifts from geo cities um but you know you can still join and find some other stuff there if you like the owl house or infinity train or keep on the age of wonder beasts or you're still into that she Ross stuff we got plenty of stuff over there at the three dollar and one dollar level yes which are currently named other things but you know we'll probably be named something new by the time this comes out they
1: will generally speaking our one dollar tier is sort of just a fun supporter role uh, and gains you access to all of our finished bonus content stuff that we've we've you know all the past seasons of the shows we've uh, looked at and things like that. that are totally completed. You can go and listen to that for a dollar. Nice. It's good content fun stuff uh, All those shows are pretty fun um, If you're a fan of animation, I would check it out uh, at $3 mark um, You get uh, the current bonus content that we're doing which right now there's not a whole lot of it But there will be very shortly um, and also it's uh you you get shout outs in in all the episodes but uh you know currently we're kind of shifting gears here so we're we're probably not gonna do that this we're week but we will we will, not, we will yeah, do that just... next time once everything's together you know how it is
0: official launch or just put that behind again and just keep that in, in the back of your head of course we can follow us at Highland radio on twitter we will probably have a discord chat uh server at some point yes um, we have one
1: now technically the, it's patrons it's patrons only technically but we'll, we'll be and it is
0: also shiro yeah it's Shiro
1: oriented so we gotta we gotta shift that probably gonna make probably what? gonna make the server public actually i think um but yeah. but yeah so that's that's so on the you
0: did yeah and uh you know we have our own personal twitters i am at dragon smoocher i have other shows that i do as well um i do a a show dragging myself through the muck of disney plus that is at disney minus pod on twitter just released a three-hour podcast about who framed roger rabbit oh that seems fun that seems very fun actually stone stone cold classic next episode is going to be on some decom trash about a blind kid getting into high school wrestling
1: that's exciting you also we, do we take all uh, you also do a a fun podcast about uh transformers if i recall correctly i sure
0: do that is at prime cuts pod uh it is a non-linear transformers history on television which means we are going out of order but you know not entirely we're going in season order but we just jump around from show to show and and kind of watch what we want it's a fun time uh you can learn all about various things uh you know and that's all i'll say on the matter that is at prime cuts pod and that is uh that is it for me
1: yes all right so uh for those of you who are going to be leaving us here we will see you next time but if you'd like to talk about some spoiler things we'll see you on the other side uh- for our inaugural uh sort of spoiler zone here in radio free highland there's not a ton to talk about though there's a couple of things i do want to get into
0: um yo that light's orange that
1: light is you know what else is orange what else is orange a zem's crystal oh yeah it is and what is a zem's symbol oh is it the sun is it the sun? Oh, it's, it's the sun. Ah, yes, it is. It is in fact literally the sun. So that's interesting, right? So as in the 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 orb, the orange orb that goes in you and gives you your like level fifty job and like lets you limb break. Um, I guess I believe it's La Habrea, right? Like it's La Habrea? Yeah, yes, so you,
0: it's it is La Habrea. Yeah, so you get to
1: limit break La Hibreia, um after the the orb enters you. So so yeah, I think that's that's like and hey guess what? Nero, remind me what does souls look like in this game?
0: They're like, uh, like uh, little orbs, right? They're sort of like, uh, well, they're crystals. Well,
1: no, souls are just big orbs. They're big floating orbs of energy that sort of pop in and out of people. And uh, it's very interesting that uh, you know this uh, big golden orb just sort of slams right into your chest and that, that gives you the power to, to do a bunch of stuff. It's very interesting to me.
0: Yeah, so obviously, I I don't know if they had all of this, like, figured out at this point. I would imagine they knew, a whole, but, like, the thing is, it's so hard to tell because the early stuff with the Ascians is so weird and unlike what they end up doing with the Ascians. It is, but some like, of it's
1: also misdirection. Um, yeah, it's true. Like, I, I believe, because I, I believe... If I remember correctly, and I would have to go find this to to source it properly because it, it is it is interesting information, but I'm pretty sure that we know that um everything up to 6.0, everything up to Endwalker was basically planned from the get go. Like from ARR, when they wrote out they wrote out like a, a general plot um like synopsis or, or outline of the story as it would sort of proceed over the years um so we know that they generally knew what direction it was headed in but the, the fine details were a bit different
0: yeah i imagine they had the like yeah we got zodiac we got Hydelin, we got the the unsundered world we have all of the big things but all of the spaces will be filled in by our main scenario writers, and like mm-hmm. the care, you know, the characterization will will, will be changed. So yeah, I, I imagine so. Yeah, so they probably knew Azim and that Azim was orange. Um, they definitely knew about the Starfall. Yeah, this comes the, the
1: Starfall is interesting. So, um, and and we didn't mention this during our discussion of one content because, of course, it's very spoilery. But in 1.0, the opening cutscene of 1.0, um, no matter where you started, uh, my understanding anyway, is that you your character is, is walking into wherever, and suddenly you look up at the sky because the sky is getting darker, and you see the starfall happening. And that's when you suddenly start hearing Hydaelyn's voice saying, hear, feel, think... And uh, and that is what, and of course, gives you the echo because if you remember,, um, if you remember from uh, you know, 5.3, seeing the starfall, seeing the final days triggers the echo in people. Like it causes it to exist. And Hydallin, of course, is just broadcasting on all frequencies. So anybody who picks up the echo is immediately hearing, her sort of echo broadcast, so uh, so that's very interesting. I think it's really cool that even in 1.0 proper, like when the game was first launched, they had at least some idea of what they were gonna do
0: with stuff. Right, and also the other thing is that one legacy characters have a special cutscene, so this is obviously the if the, if you started in a Realm Reborn or later. This is where your character gets the echo. But if you started in 1.0 and you rolled over, you have a cutscene where you, like, wake up after being teleported by Louis Sua, I believe. Yeah, that's right. So you're, like, like,
1: out in the woods somewhere.
0: Yeah, so, like, they, they accounted for that. Um, so, like, you're because you, your character would already have the echo. So that's very interesting. But, yeah, the Starfall... It, you know it, it's a it's a thing that goes under market upon for a very long time until elitibus explains what's up about it um, yeah because you don't
1: see that and, again until elitibus like illusion conjures it up above uh above uh, Norvrand.
0: and he is also talking about how the assians and specifically his servants would sort of cultivate new adventurers to attempt to create these warriors of light so presumably these assians that are appearing here at the beginning are aligned with elitibus
1: yeah i don't think there's any
0: way to actually tell which one of these black robed or these black masked guys serve who but considering what they're doing this is almost certainly elitibus trying to like mold you into the hero he needs of
1: course um well i mean the thing about elitibus right is he's the emissary right he is literally zodiac's heart or zodiac's heart and um so like i don't think that of the unsundered there is necessarily like a boss i guess emmett selk is the closest thing to a boss boss
0: well there well i'd say it's because there are specific groups of black mast assians who serve specific people yeah that's right actually the storm i think either the heaven's order stormblood summoner quests are about dealing with La faction i think like
1: yeah they
0: have a specific name they're like a, they're like asian of the 12th chalice or something interesting um so like they, there are specific groups of these guys they just never Show up after this pretty much. Yeah. Um,
1: they're off doing the busy paperwork they're 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 taking care of Emmett yeah. Selk's paperwork while he does stuff in Garlemald.
0: what else I mean, what else is there talking about here in this I mean so we have we have ties in to stuff in five point three. they're obviously there's the twins yeah there's but... there's
1: the twins. We don't know anything about them yet. All they're doing is sleeping in the freaking carriage sniz.
0: Uh, there's the very funny line about Yashtola. You know, right? <laughs> I, I never I, thought I'd, never I'd ever thought...
1: be able to see Ether like this. Mm. Well uh fucking curb your enthusiasm theme. Uh
0: yeah, pretty soon you won't even need that stupid little yeah. mask. Um
1: uh, I guess uh is there anything else I wanted to bring up? Um oh I think we there was one other thing. Um I actually was going to mention this uh, in the episode proper, because it's not like super spoilery, but since we're here, we can talk about implications of it. Um, when you're mm. having the Hydaelyn cutscene uh, where she introduces herself, there's a bit towards the end where some like other people appear floating around Hydaelyn, and uh, suddenly they start sort of whooshing off in a direction, and then you also sort of whoosh off in a direction. Um And that's very interesting. So um, I'm pretty sure your theory about Elidibus is probably right because um, the Starfall vision happens to you and you start getting the echo uh, and you start being able to hear Hydaelyn's call. Um, Presumably, these other people are also people who have now gained the echo and have heard Heidelin's call and just had the same basic conversation. Um,
0: like are involved.
1: Yeah, like are involved. Um, I don't think are involved is one of the people in the cutscene. It's just sort of a random row and some random yeah, elf. And you'll never ever see them again. Don't worry about it. But it is it is very interesting.
0: Wait, are those supposed to be um, Hori Boulder and Colton? I don't think they are. No, the I'm elf is sure a girl, I'm is... pretty sure. Oh yeah, the a Girl in the Row is a seawolf.
1: Yeah, so. no, they're completely random people. I don't think they ever come up again, though I'll keep I'll keep my eyes peeled, I guess. Uh maybe there's like maybe there's some side quests or something, but I don't think I ever saw them like with the scions. Even in those like couple of instances where we saw like like an expanded scion roster, I don't remember anything like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that those are other like like a of is just sh- shotgun blasting basically it's like all right well i'm just gonna i'm just i'm just gonna keep giving people this echo or like helping you know train these heroes until i find one who's worth a damn yeah that maybe i can manipulate into doing I and mean, the shit. thing is they're um, all
1: all these fucking unsundered all these these like remnants of of the old the old world are just like they all have the shotgun approach right like even heidelin like is the shotgun approach lady at this point she's just like listen i'm just gonna i'm just gonna repeat the same message over and over again like a freaking number station and if somebody hears me i'll drag them down into the freaking heart of the planet and tell them they gotta go get some
0: crystals now here here are a few questions i have number one does heidelin recognize you here that's a good question. She must, uh, Almost
1: right? certainly she does. So when you get to the end of uh, the Atayah and you actually meet Hydaelyn, um, and you mention having been to Elpis, uh, she immediately drops Kayfabe and is like, ah, yes, the timelines have, have sort of merged. Yeah. Uh, we can talk candidly. And she sort of yeah. semi-drops the god routine. Uh,
0: only only Question slightly, number... Though. Question number two. Is Heidelin just hiding behind the Mother Crystal like physically? Absolutely. Because she said. Because she says she she Uses the Mother Crystal as her like avatar <laughs> To communicate like so people just think She's a big rock so I truly imagine she is just like Scooby-Doo hiding behind It to talk literally
1: that is what I assume too Like I mean it's big enough It is easily big enough That's she true. could just hide Sort of behind it because like Hydaelyn's a Big lady right she's got sort Of like a Shiva because the thing is Hydaelyn is a primal right But she's yeah. like a Shiva primal She's like done the Shiva thing where She's like built a like primal shell around her um
0: yeah she has embodied heidelin
1: yeah and so so yeah she but she's not that big she's like shiva size so she could totally like hide like along kind of the back like bottom part of the mother crystal so when everyone whooshes by they're like oh wow i'm flying and they just don't look down (laughs) they don't see the big the big white and blue lady sort of barely obscured by the curtain.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, the thing with Heidel is that she's so absent for huge stretches of this game, right? Like, she's basically silent through Heavensward and Stormblood and Shadowbringers and only really starts to come back in, in a bit of Shadowbringers and Endwalker. Yeah, let's Minfilia. let's because of
1: Ultima, right? Like, that was the whole thing with Ultima yeah. is that she had to do, like, yes. the big bubble shield, the Halo bubble shield, and it basically completely wiped her out. She had to go take a nap. Yeah.
0: It's also very funny that these crystals of light basically stop being relevant halfway through Heaven's Word and they never come up yeah, again. Yeah,
1: it's well, they do, they do come up again. They do come up again. They come up again in the come, and fight.
0: That's true, but that's like a, that's like a, that's like a, that's like an like Easter egg, pretty much. Like it's not really. It also comes up in the Warrior of Darkness stuff in the role quests because they are also on the same journey. Yeah. But these. Fucking cartoon ass crystals don't really continue to be relevant. Like, I, uh, they, you don't really, because, like, all of the, all of the members of Ardbert's party have their crystals, but you don't seem to actually physically have them.
1: Yeah. well, Well, you do. You, you have the crystals. They're, I, I don't think you have them. Well, maybe you still do, cause the thing is, so what ends up happening with the crystals, right? Is you collect sure. all one, two, three, four, five, six of them? Are there six? There's six, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah, there's there's six of these crystals, and uh, you end up having them, and you have this like big, sort of like sigil. They all slot into, and I believe that is, yeah, that's that's the that's the blessing of light which is not to be confused with the echo right
0: different thing altogether the blessing of light is a is a heidelin slash vena special
1: yeah the the echo is different and i believe the thing is um because you you lose the blessing of light after you meet up with midgard Swarmer. Right? Like he fucking rips it out of you and you have to recharge all of those crystals over the course of heaven's word. Um, but you're still not tempered by primals during Heaven's word. So the the actual traveler's ward, the thing that prevents you from getting uh, tempered, still exists on you. So the actual blessing of light is like a completely separate thing, I believe um unless wait do we fight primals like tempering primals in Heaven'sword
0: proper i mean uh, only in that we you know the the usual primal thing is that they automatically temper everyone around them and they wish to spread yeah. their influence but i guess the, the i guess the thing is that the, the primals you fight in Heaven'sword are kind of weird in that respect because one of them is just a whale um oh, yeah, but there's, like there's, like this yeah, mark
1: there's ravana there's ravana Ravonna. ravana's like a normal guy. well yeah. ravana
0: yeah but like ravana is weird because he you know he it, it, like he's interfacing with a hive mind society like the one mind sort of situation yeah so i don't know if he i like i'm not sure if there's ever any indication that he's trying to temper you because he's like a combat sicko so he loves to fight so maybe he doesn't temper people because he wants to fight them
1: yeah in, a,
0: in like a fair fight that's interesting because he's a, he's a little sword pervert
1: it's it, it's it's he is a sword pervert um I, I don't know it's it's like it's hard to say i
0: well i guess, we'll I, guess learn. I guess
1: we'll learn i'm pretty sure the blessing of light and the traveler's ward are two different things um yeah it's it's interesting Cause the actual like blessing, like, cause Hydelin uses it in her fight as well. She summons that sigil and she summons her own crystals, these like huge crystals, which um, which is very interesting. So I, I have to wonder, like, what exactly that does. I am positive that that's explained at some point, like what exactly that is but i don't remember right now we'll have to we'll have to pay close attention and maybe next time it comes up i'll like go out of my way to kind of look this up i'm sure the wiki has something on it
0: yeah so we've already gone a little long yeah we're, we're getting uh, we're closing in on the two hour mark at this point of the recording i think that is all of the relevant bits that come up in this portion i'm sure we'll have more to talk about once the scions are introduced oh yes we'll
1: have plenty to talk about then which uh which comes up very soon actually in fact i think we get our first dungeon next episode
0: yeah next episode we're gonna be doing the first dungeons i think um because they're one after another i believe
1: right yeah yeah it's uh it's like three in a row right oh we're gonna yeah we're gonna get to see all the new dungeons like the brand new redone dungeons i haven't done them yet
0: that's right we're gonna do sasasha Temtara, and then i think copperbell is the last one or or i think it yeah copperbell is the last one yeah so yeah
1: yeah so that's interesting yeah so looking forward to that um but we will uh we will do that next time uh until then i have been one of your hosts jane i've been
0: your other host nero
1: and we'll see you next time adventurers on the fields of eorazia